experimenting here. There is no wrong answer. Uh, just curious. So, like, I started practicing what we preach here on the Lone Officer podcast. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I'm interested in is kind of diversifying. So I went down the rabbit hole. I wanted to start opening my own IRA. Um, so I, I called an investment company yet to be named. Um, and I'll just leave that to the side. And I started listening to the pitch. And one of the pitches, you know, it sounded a lot like what was discussed on this podcast, you know, financial freedom, being financially independent, uh, six months reserved. But then it got into a realm of like trying to sell me insurance, life insurance. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, first and foremost, where did you find the name not to be named mm -hmm. company? It was actually a family referral. Okay. So family referral. So someone within your circle said, call so-and-so. Correct. And you called so-and-so. Correct. Um, just out of curiosity, positive experience, negative, negative experience, or to be determined? It was positive up until the point where someone started taking down my information over the internet. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? That's when it got weird. So that's when I like red flags went up. And that's why I wanted to discuss because it seemed like I was on the right track. I wanted to invest. And then all of a sudden they started throwing me a curveball before you do anything get some life insurance. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor, right? But, um, you know, we talk about this, like, like I've gone through this exercise that, that you went through, I've gone through 17 times over the past 15 years personally. And I've had some that I've walked away from being like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, or others where I'm like, eh, don't know if that's legal. And others were where I'm like, oh, that was pretty awesome. I aspire to be there one day. Yeah. Or I can't wait to circle back and learn more. Um, so life insurance for, for you and your wife. Yeah. You have no kids. No kids. So, yeah my, yeah, my scenario, no kids, don't plan on having kids. We just live for each other. We're somewhat not interdependent. We don't depend on each other. We love each other, but uh, she doesn't depend on me for money. I don't depend on her for money. We kind of just cohabitate together peacefully. Yeah. Um, look, I'm pretty sure your employer and her employer offer the type of life insurance that you need. I don't see you needing any extra. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see you especially not doing a whole life policy, but even a term life. Like, look, if you die, what do we need? Some money to bury you? Yeah, what, so that's what they think. I about, mean, what is term versus life? I don't. Oh, geez. Okay, so, so term is essentially um, very similar to what you pay right now for your auto insurance, right? Sure. Every year you pay auto insurance, you get nothing from it unless you get into an auto accident or unless someone hits you and you need it. Term is just that you have an insurance policy that protects your loved ones against you dying. Meaning if you die, then the policy will pay out X amount of dollars. Okay. If you don't die, there's no value. You've spent money on an insurance policy that you may go five years, 10 years, 20 years paying this money. If you never die, that's just money wasted. What? Yeah. Now some people say it's money well spent. Look, if you all had kids, the first thing someone with kids should do, especially if you're a new homeowner and you have children, you need to have life insurance. And you need to have a certain dollar amount that's going to make sure that your spouse is in a good position if something unfortunate were to happen to you. I'm a firm believer in that. For you and your wife, where you are in, in, in terms of homeownership, where, where you are in terms of of not having children and not planning to have children, I, I wouldn't tell you that you do um, any type of insurance besides what, you, what your employer provides because you know, your employer is going to provide enough 
to bury your ass, <laughs> to throw a party to celebrate your life, and um, if you do have any little bit of debt, to pay it off, mm. right? But and, and, and the same would apply to, to your wife. Now, other people, myself included, no, I need to have life insurance, especially when, when my kids were young, this was the thought process. Do I have enough money to pay off my mortgage? Nope, I don't. If I die, wouldn't it be nice to leave my, 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 my spouse, my wife, with a home that is paid off and enough money to bury my ass and throw a really kick-ass party? And something that she's going to have to consider is what to do with these two small children when she goes back into the workforce. Because at the time, my wife was staying home to uh, raise our kids and, and, and to maintain the household. Well, if I die, she can't do that any longer. When, if I die, she has to go back to work and she's a teacher. So what do teachers make? And, wow. you know, that's, so they, these were thought processes that we had and we made sure that I went and, and purchased enough life insurance so that we could pay off the mortgage uh, and we would have enough money for her to either afford a full-time nanny or afford daycare so that she could, she could go back into the workforce without that um, cost hindering her. Gotcha. So for me, we needed more money than we needed for her. If my wife died, we just needed enough money to either pay off the mortgage or afford a nanny. It wasn't, you know, it, 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 it wasn't uh, one or the other because fortunately my career path has always allowed me to earn a little bit more than what a uh, teacher makes in Central Florida. Um, for you guys, no, I, like, I wouldn't do it. I, I, I wouldn't do it at all. Um, now, what is the difference between term? And, and by the way, I wouldn't do it because I know that both your employers are to provide you yeah. with enough life insurance to take care of the essentials. Yeah. Um, you know, something that you and I have never even talked about, disability insurance for some people is, is a huge, huge um, overlook, meaning they overlook whether or not they have it and they overlook not having it when really they should. Um, disability, becoming disabled is way more impactful than dying sometimes. Like imagine this, imagine something happens and you're now physically disabled and you can't work. So not only are you not bringing an income, but if you're physically disabled, you're probably also a financial burden yeah. on your family. Constantly. Yes. Like, like, yeah. like I mean, you, whether it's physical therapy, whether it's, it's in-home nursing, whether it's special food, special bedding, like there's a huge cost to that, that in general, and this is totally offshoot. Um, by the way, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer <laughs> podcast. Hey, we're going to make a show out of this. Yeah. Like this is, this is just going to be a show. It's uh, the Coleman Dio show, but this is us talking about you. And uh, I'm going to spit off the cuff. I don't know what we're going to title it, but we're going to have to title it something. Um, But this is an episode of the Loan Officer Podcast, okay? Um, Disability uh, insurance is is something that many people should look into. um, And maybe even something for for you and your wife to consider. But, like, I'm going to tell you this. You work for Waterstone Mortgage. I know from hiring for and on behalf of Waterstone Mortgage, we have long-term disability. I know because you are now a student of the Loan Officer Podcast that you are or are aspiring to have six months reserve. Yes. Okay. If you have six months reserve, you really don't need short-term disability. Short-term disability is, is a insurance policy that pays you typically 60% of your pay 
for your first 90 days of being out of work due to being disabled. Well, why would I need that if I have six months reserve? I need long-term disability. Long-term disability doesn't kick in until day 91 of being out of work due to some disability. Something you should consider way, be way before you consider life insurance is what would happen if Coleman or Aja were to become disabled? Your employer provides you a disability policy that would pay you 60% of your salary if something were to happen to you. What does your wife's employer provide? And if they don't provide, are you needing to go out and purchase a disability policy on your own? And if so, for how long? That would be something I would tell you, you to yeah, consider. Yeah, yeah. Now, to each is their own, right? Like we all have our own unique. For many of us, life insurance is, yes, yeah. the first place to, to start because what if that were to happen? I have a, a dear friend of mine passed away um, seven, eight years ago unexpectedly. Um, the best financial decision he ever made for his family was he made sure he had a life insurance policy. It was a half a million dollar life insurance policy. Uh, when he passed away, his children benefited because he made sure he took care of them by keeping himself insured. It allowed his daughter to go to her dream school in terms of college. It's a private school, not cheap. Uh, she was able to graduate this year, actually, um, and had enough money to pay for all four years. And I think even enough for her to be able to move out of state to attend college and have solid, reliable transportation, i.e. like a new car. Wow. Yep. Um, and her little brother, when he goes to graduate high school in a few years, will have a very similar setup, uh, a great, um, you know, jump start to life. He was a father. He was a husband. He, it made sense for him to have life insurance. I would tell you personally, I would look at disability. And even not for you, because I know you're covered. Uh, I yeah. mean, if if sixty percent of your of your pay is worth it, life insurance mm, don't know about it. How long does disability pay? Like, if I work. So, so disability is an insurance. Um, and look, like all insurances, like I mean, whether it's auto, whether it's medical, I mean, it. Yeah. Look, the first thing that insurance company is going to do is try to figure out a way not to pay. <laughs> I mean, let's. Yeah. Um, so a long-term disability policy could very well be for life. But the minute that insurance carrier can deem and determine that you are employable. Oh, that is a company. Yeah, yes. So, you know, it's, um, I, I, I have a friend who is on um, long-term disability due to uh, head trauma. And I know this individual constantly and consistently, like annually, if not semi-annually, has to submit paperwork to the insurance carrier because that insurance carrier is looking to looking for anything be like, ah, ah. yep yep mm -hmm. yep but uh but theoretically for life theoretically for life and it's something you need to consider when it comes to disability it's like look not only are you gonna have a loss of income but you're gonna have an increase in expenses most likely so is what your employer provides even enough damn i never even thought of that yeah yeah so i think um yeah. Uh, how about this one? You were asking me about buying an investment property, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to get rich in real estate. Yeah. 
And man, you you very well can. Yeah. Like you very well can, but it's one of those things that you want to diversify. Okay, if if you don't have six months reserves and you don't have no and, and you're not zero on your negative credit card debt and you're not in your four hundred one k and you're not into a an IRA, I would tell you to forget about the investment property. But if you want to run some really geeky numbers, you and I were just doing this off camera yeah. um, in between uh, episodes yeah. and setting up the lighting and everything else that we get to do. Um, like, I think I was running some numbers really quickly that if you put 60 grand out of pocket for a down payment and closing cost, then theoretically you could earn like 14% on your money yeah. because if you bought a home for $250,000, that home would be appreciating at roughly... What would the numbers I say? Like three percent of two fifty would be like seventy five hundred dollars, and you are out of pocket roughly sixty thousand. Yeah. So you're you're making fourteen percent on your money, but I think the numbers that I showed you is that. But you're not going to get rich mm-hmm. off of owning a rental property. You are going to become wealthy if you're able to purchase an investment property every couple years. And we fast forward twenty years down the road, you own four of them free and clear. Yeah. Now you have a million, a million five in, in, in real estate that you own that's spitting out four or five thousand um, dollars a month in income. And oh, by the way, it only cost you getting into it roughly sixty thousand dollars per property or roughly about a quarter million dollars. So you know, you can invest a quarter million dollars into four rental properties and fast forward 20 years, and your cash outlay was probably that same quarter million, but now the homes are worth 1.25 million. Now, not only have you made a million dollars, but it's also spitting off positive income. But know that you're not gonna buy a rental property today to get rich. You're gonna buy a rental property today so that you can be rich in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I would advise you, John, buying a rental property until you guys have figured out six months reserves, no debt, doing the 401k, doing the, uh, the IRA. Personally, you'd have some, some middle-of-the-road money, some kind of mutual fund money, and then maybe you're picking up a, a rental property every two to three years. And I say every two to three years because how long would it take you guys to save the $60,000 necessary for down payment and closing costs on a $250,000 property or $180,000 property? Um, but yeah, life insurance, huh? That's what they tried to sell you on was life insurance. My in shape 35-year-old ass, they tried to be like, well, you need a policy. And I was like, shit, well, you know, what other better platform to discuss it than this? Yeah. Was it was it a term or a whole life policy? The first one, term. Term. Yes. Yep. So term policy, just like auto insurance. You pay it, you pay it, you pay it, you pay it. If you don't die, if you don't get into a car accident, you don't cash it in. You don't reap any any benefits. I felt like I was sitting in uh, like the general commercial during daytime television between episodes of Mari and like Jerry Springer when I was like, "What the hell am I at?" So, yeah. I'm glad I asked. Yeah, um, a whole life policy. They didn't try to walk you through a whole life policy. I think I, they might have, but as soon as I started life insurance and I was like, "I don't need it," and they started pushing a little bit further, I just I cut the call. Yeah, uh, and a whole life policy is. It's different because not only are you insured against you dying, but there's also a cash value. But let's say a million dollars or let's let's use a half a million dollars in term life policy uh, would maybe cost you 50 to $75 a month, where a whole life policy would cost you closer to like 1000 to 1500 a month. The hell? 
the difference is on a whole life policy, there is some kind of a cash value. Oh, you want to see an interesting uh, show that we should maybe consider putting on is to have um, like a, a pro and a con, like for someone for whole life yeah. and then someone totally against it. Because right. when you reach out to financial experts, like those that make a living giving advice um, to people like you and I, when it comes to financial matters, financial planners, you'll get some that are pro whole life and they can talk about all the tax reasons and, yeah. and it's a safe investment, it's a guaranteed rate of return and X, Y, and Z. Then you get the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin is like whole life is a rip off. You should just do term reinvest the difference. So something that I'm going to try to do, it's been difficult with, uh, with, with the whole COVID and shelter in place, but I had it lined up to have a buddy of mine who I actually have my whole, full disclosure, yeah. my whole life policies through okay. on to discuss whole life policies, That'd be awesome. who they're good for, why they're good. But if I'm going to have him on, I need to find someone who's on the opposite end who says, bump that, whole life policies are are for very few people. You should do a term life and reinvest the difference. And I want to find someone to say, John Coleman and his wife should not have any life insurance besides what is offered by their employer. Now, as we're talking, I haven't brought this up. And it just came to my in, 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 into my into my brain, into my mind. Right now, you guys are both lucky that you're A, healthy, and be employed. So because you're healthy, obtaining life insurance would be easier versus if you had a pre-existing condition, right. right? If you were diagnosed with diabetes or cancer, it would, even if you beat cancer, it's going to be difficult for you to get life insurance. Right now you have life insurance because you're gainfully employed. Right now your wife has life insurance because she's gainfully employed. Your employers both provide you with some form of a life insurance. What happens if you change your employment status, whether it's on your own merit or on your company's decision? You lose the life insurance. What happens, excuse me, if that coincides with maybe some kind of a condition being discovered? Right. And, and, and think of all the conditions that, that, that could be discovered, whether it's diabetes or something like lupus or it's cancer or it's heart disease. So then the question is, where are you in life? And without life insurance, does your wife have enough money to bury your ass? Yeah. Maybe we're not going to be buried. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's cremation, yeah. right? Maybe we're donating John's body to science. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we still want her to throw a party. Correct. We still want to celebrate your life. Fiesta. Um, you want a fiesta? Yeah. Like margaritas and sangria? I think, I think just a, a global, it should be like going to Epcot. Okay. It oh, all, everything. It just, and, oh, we're over here. Oh, wow, we're in Asia. It's everywhere. Like, Maybe that would be a really cool, like, like, um, like, uh, around, around the world, around the world. Yeah. Around the world. we traveled, then Th there's a theme. Th then yeah. there's a theme. Yeah. No, I want a DJ. Like, I want a DJ. Vol 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 oh, full. Yeah, yeah. My my wife gets absolutely turned up, embarrassed <laughs> by by uh, my demands. If uh, especially if I leave too early, oh. right? And too early to me is like, if I don't get to 80, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if, if I leave too early, like, yeah, like embarrassingly outlandish, just like, like he, he said, it's here. We have to do it. Yeah. Like pallbearers riding my casket 
as if they're like bull riders, right? But all six of them lined up and it's like being pushed down some kind of an alley, yeah. like not an alley, but like, you know, in between pews, okay. right? Like, like wherever we are at the celebration. Okay. Um, and there's a DJ and he's just bumping trap music. That's why it's so important to have these tough conversations because otherwise, how is the family going to know? How well, and, and I'm telling you and I'm putting it on this recording so she can never, yeah. ever back away yeah. from it. It is, it's forever now. Hey. It's forever. It's what I want. Hey. If you love me, Michelle, this is what I want. Um, and if you love John Coleman, maybe you don't try to sell him life insurance. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like yeah. this is worth exploring more. Yeah. But on the surface, no. Yeah. If you dig a little deeper like I just did, uh, if you're going to quit your job and you're going to get sick, or if you're going to quit your job and you, and you have these greater expenses, yeah. um, maybe it's worth looking into. I mean, 50 bucks a month for even if it's only a $100,000 term, $50,000 term, like what type of money would you want to leave your, your heirs, your wife, your parents, um, cousins? I don't know. Like, I mean, what, what do they need to make sure that you dying doesn't screw them financially? Uh, just make sure I think the Massey uh, pest control comes in my account, my account every month and a half. So just transfer that over. That's the only dependent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. It it might not be needed for you. Hey, look, guys, if you have um, any other conversations or, yeah. or qu questions regarding conversations like this. Literally how this started. This this was off the camera. Yeah. We decided that, um, you know what, this might be good content for, for others to want to be like, man, I, I had the same questions or I had that same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it, hit us up. Yeah. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, The Loan Officer Podcast. Shoot us a, a DM, post a, a comment. Um, you can call me at any time, 407-645-6363. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I do know a bunch of them. And like John and how this conversation started, I've sat through mm -hmm. dozens of consultations or conversations with experts. I can at least share with you my experience to help lead you down to the path that makes the most sense for you. Yes. No bullshit, this actually helped me. Full disclosure, this was not planned, and I'm glad I asked the question because now now I know. Perfect. Well, I think we should go ahead and bump our next podcast to next week. So we were supposed to sit down, and you are going to be the feature of oh, our next podcast. No pressure. No pressure at all. This is going to be the Lone Officer Podcast with John Coleman next week. Uh-oh. With me being your top shit giver Doesn't and sidekick. Mean, I like that. Because... You are a media specialist. Your career has been creating content in order to promote a message. Your job here at Waterstone, one of them, you have many hats that you wear, is to make sure that people are finding us on social media yeah. and that when they find us, it's in a positive light. Correct. How about you teach our audience a little bit about what you do for a living okay. because it very well could help them in what they do for a living. Absolutely. Perfect. So tune in next week to the Loan Officer Podcast with John Coleman, <laughs> and I'll be his right-hand producer extraordinaire. Top shit giver. Top shit giver, Dustin Owen. Exactly. <laughs> but um, this podcast would be behind the scenes yeah. with John Coleman. Yeah. Why in the hell are they trying to sell me life insurance? Why in the hell are you trying to sell me life insurance? Awesome. John, thank you. Thank you. Guys, we're out. Thank you.